Hello, hello. Welcome to the Happy Productive Podcast. I'm Jennifer Dawn, and I'm here to help you unlock your full potential in business and life so that you can get out there and you can create the life that you really want. Now, today we're going to be talking with Bobby Kaler. She's an author, an animal lover, an athlete, and an achiever. That's a lot of cool A's. That's like four <laughs> awesome A's. She's a resident of the Rocky Mountains and is passionate about everything that she applies herself to. She's known as a personal change chef. I love the chef because I'm a food person. I love that. Bobby is a servant of anyone seeking personal mastery. And for 20 years, she has continuously refined her craft of transferring knowledge and helping others to transform their lives. Bobby passionately believes that we can all write our own narrative and truly be the hero of our own story. My kind of gal, so excited to talk with you today, Bobby. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure. Wonderful. You know, one of the things that drew you to me were we have some very cool similarities where my my first official business was an apple stand when I was eight years old. And I think you had, was it a blueberry stand? Blackberry business. Blackberry, close, yes. very close. <laughs> I was peddling my blackberries to the neighbors. You know, because that, well, it was so funny, Jennifer, because like everyone, this is in Southwest Missouri and everybody was like, talked about how much they loved blackberries, but nobody went out and picked them. I'm like, well, I can do that. How hard could that be? Right. And I realized it's hard, Yeah, <laughs> you know? but it was, it was worth it. So that was my first official business. Oh, that's so cool. It's funny. My grandparents, when I was growing up, they had, um, about an acre and a half of my grandfather just grew everything imaginable. And he grew, he grew blackberries. He had a blackberry bush and that was serious business getting those berries <laughs> off that bush. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Like yeah. you would get all scratched up and it wasn't that much fun. No, not that much fun. And in Southwest Missouri, like they had a lot of ticks and there were snakes and it was like, I did not like it. There's an easier way. <laughs> oh my goodness. But did that, um, that experience, how did it affect you from being like an entrepreneur, like having an idea and like bringing it into reality? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I started it because I'm the, I have two older sisters and they're mm -hmm. seven and eight years older than I am. And then there's one younger sister. And when we moved from Illinois down to Southwest Missouri, my parents are like, well, we're not going to spend money on school clothes anymore. So I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> what am I going to wear? <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'll start this as a little side gig to make, to make some money. Yeah. And um, the, the most important thing I learned from it, and this was so unexpected is I didn't like picking blackberries, but I continued not because of the money, because I mean, we did, we did make a fair amount of money and I was able to buy materials so I can make clothes. But I remember there was this one guy, his name was B and he was, he was like a grandfather figure. He was our next door neighbor. And uh, one time he was talking to me and he's like, you know what, Bobby, you know what, what we use those blackberries for. And I was really thinking, he's going to say something like, oh, we make a pie or whatever. And he said, we, we use those to kind of bribe the grandkids to come over for a visit. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not about blackberries. Yeah. This is about something really different. And I think that that, Jennifer, is one of the ways it really informed me. Like, yeah. Because when you have a business, you're, you know, you're doing more than just making money. You're, you're doing something that really serves other people. And it was, and I, I frankly wanted to quit the BlackBerry business. But once <laughs> he told me that, I'm like, darn it. <laughs> you know, I can't because I'm going to let him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is awesome. That is such a great takeaway. I love that so much. You know, one of the other things that really resonated with me when I um, learned more about you was being the hero of your own story. And um, 
the idea of nobody's coming to rescue you. You have to rescue yourself. And I definitely have a really a powerful shift that happened to me in my own life where I, it, it, the day that it really finally sunk in and I really, really got it. But I'd love to hear what that was for you where, how did you figure out that, okay, wait a second. Cause it's, it's easy to say, oh, you got to rescue yourself. Right. And we can logically understand the concept, but really emotionally feeling it, understanding, resonating with it on an emotional level, a spiritual level is a whole nother story than just logically understanding the concept. Yeah. So it happened for me. I was 23. And um, to say that my life was going nowhere is really putting it mildly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I had uh, I, I say that I had lived out the year of a country music song and I love country music, but yep. I didn't really want to have that in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you exactly. I, mean? but I don't want to be a country music <laughs> song. <laughs> no. You know, and, and, and I was working two jobs and I was working a lot of hours and um, I was barely keeping my head above water. I mean, I was eating, you know, the, the classic, what, tuna, tuna fish and uh, macaroni salad, like uh, several yeah. nights a week. And um, my, my, favorite, my family didn't really believe in education. Um, I had to fight with my mom to stay in high school. As a matter of wow, fact, wow, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My senior year was really tough because she really wanted me to quit. And so, college, that wasn't even like on my radar because mm -hmm. in my family, when you turned 18, you, you got a job, you moved out, you became an adult mm -hmm. <laughs> or you, you started to figure that out. So, there I am at 23. I don't have a college education. I did have a high school degree or, or um, diploma. And it was a New Year's Eve, and I'd worked my two jobs. And I went home and I remember sitting in my little dark apartment. The only light I had on was the TV, but I had it muted. So, you know, you have that blue light in the room yeah. and I'm sitting there thinking, how in the world did my life end up this way? Mm -hmm. You know, cause at 23, it seems like everything is so final too. It's like, oh my God, I'm so old. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And I'm like, now it's nothing. Um, but the answer that came back to me was your life is a reflection of the choices that you've made so far. Mm -hmm. And as I sat there with that, it was like, that is incredibly hopeful because if that's true, then what that means is if I can learn how to make better choices, mm -hmm. I can get a better result. Mm -hmm. and, and as I kind of sat there with that, it was like, wow. So maybe everything that's happened up till now doesn't dictate what happens next. You know, cause I had like, basically I have three fundamental beliefs that I operate from. The first one is that the future can be changed, mm -hmm. right? no matter where we are, we're, we're not locked into what I call that predictable future. It's just where we are. It is a snapshot in time. The second one that we can change our, our future, you know, be that, be our own hero. Yeah. Um, and the third one is we don't have to wait. We can get started. We can learn whatever we need to learn along the way, but that you can be your own hero. I just remember sitting there in that apartment thinking, I don't need someone to come knock on my door and say, here, I'll, I'll, I'll airlift you from this life and put you into another one. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was one of the most empowering things ever. Cause it's like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I don't have to wait for someone else. Um, I can be my own rescuer because, um, I think we share, we share some similarities here in that, you know, I loved my mom dearly. She was an amazing person and she had some really severe psychological issues. Mm -hmm. So there were some days that were really good. There were some days that were really bad. And, and I think that at some point along the line, I wanted someone to come and rescue me from that situation. Right. And, and once I was an adult, it's like, wait a minute, I don't have to wait for that. So that's kind of where the genesis of that was for me. 
Mm, I love it. You're so you're lighting me up because you're talking my <laughs> language here because it's so true. We we can change and we can change starting right now today. It doesn't even have to be this big, huge thing. We don't need years of therapy. Like I'm not against therapy, but like we can actually change starting today just by making a different choice. But until you own the situation, until you take responsibility, like the whole time you're sitting there waiting for somebody else to rescue you, you're not owning it. You're not taking responsibility and you're just going to keep waiting and that's really the key right there to being able to make a change starting today is to recognize that you're the one in charge. You're, you're the one behind all this, <laughs> whatever your life is, you've created it. So if we don't own it, we can't really change it. So I love that you had that moment. I love that you had it in your early 20s. I think I was really lucky Yeah, you know, for somehow, but I think you said a really key word there, and that is that responsibility you know, mm -hmm. owning it. And I, I think it was, it was Stephen Covey talked about the most powerful thing we can do is recognize where we have choice. Yes. Because I think about it all the time, like we're making choices from the time we get up in the morning until the time our head hits the pillow at night, the whole day we're making choices. And I'm not saying making new choices is necessarily easy. Um, I mean, I know that adversity is there. I've, I've lived it as well. And we have choice. And I think when we recognize that, that's when we really kind of step into our own power. Mm -hmm. And when we feel at our most powerful in yeah. a good way, not a, not a, like a negative yeah. power trip type of way. Right. Right. No, we're talking about healthy power here. People <laughs> yeah. not like controlling people being a jerk. No, we're not talking about that. Um, it's so true. We were just talking about this actually in our, our Monday morning fire is my Monday morning um, message that I give to all of our clients um, who are in our goal achiever membership. And we were just talking about this and, and it was the pain of discipline versus the pain of regret. And there's two different mm -hmm. kinds of pain here, right? But it goes to that choice that we're making. So we can make a choice in, in, in any day and the choice can be to be disciplined and, you know, stick to our diets and do something for personal growth and to exercise, you know, these kinds of things that those choices will give you a different future based on whatever choice you're making. So if you don't want to, if you want to change something, but you're not doing anything different every day, hmm, <laughs> probably not going to happen, <laughs> but we were tying it to the pain of the discipline, right? Cause when we're disciplined, mm -hmm. it hurts a little bit to make a different choice and get out of our comfort zone and break a pattern and make a new habit. There's a little bit of discomfort that goes along with that. But when you compare that to the pain of regret, like, Ooh, that's a doozy. That one will sit with you for weeks, years, lifetimes. <laughs> Haunt you. Right. You, you know, it really, really does. Yeah. yeah. I heard someone say, because I've been accused of being <laughs> disciplined a few times in my life. And, and, and I come by that through my dad. My dad's very, very disciplined. Um, but I also heard this quote, and I think it really explains a lot. And, and I don't know who said it, and I always butcher it. But essentially, <laughs> the yes. quote was something like, disciplined is simply remembering what's important and Ooh, what you want. Right. Cause when you know, so right. Cause when you yeah. know what that is, it's not discipline anymore. Like, um, a few years ago, <laughs> I had, I, I had horrendous back problems and it had gotten to the point where I could barely put my socks on in the morning. I mean, it was bad. Wow. And, and I'd been through physical therapy. I was doing yoga. I was doing the right stuff. And my husband did some research and he's like, Bobby, he was, I think we're really, we have too much wheat and too many carbs in our diet. 
Cause, mm. oh my God, we'd eat like, we'd split a loaf of bread for dinner, you know, like as an appetizer and yeah. I love bread. Yeah. And he said, so I really think we should, we should really cut back a lot. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I like my bread. Yeah. And he kept after me and it was a few months and he's like, would you try it for a month? Um, yeah. And it, I'll tell you, I even thought I'll just try it so that it'll just go away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't leave me alone about this. <laughs> cause I didn't really think it was gonna make a difference. After one week, my back pain was gone. Wow. I mean, gone. And that was five years ago. And I feel, I mean, it it, it was amazing. And then, you know, weight came off and and my energy went up, but I couldn't, after a week when my back didn't hurt anymore, I mean, no pain. Yeah. It took no discipline at that point not to eat bread because I didn't want the back pain. So when we know what's important, I think it just becomes easier. I agree completely. And we were talking about this again this morning where you can flip the pain of discipline into joy so easily because when you just align with, I'm making a choice to be the best version of myself. I'm making a choice to break a pattern. I'm making a choice to develop a new healthy habit. Like there's so much joy in that. Like you can, if you just program yourself to recognize, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, it's that discipline and ah, I'm a little stuck here. Okay. Just reprogram that to joy. When you focus on the outcome of what you're going to get from it, you're right. It just immediately turns into this fun thing. You can even gamify it each day of like, you know, every time I feel like this, I'm going to flip it to this. And isn't this fun? Yeah. It makes a huge difference though, how we think about it, because that affects the way our brains interact with it. And then that affects our own motivation. So it's, it's a hugely powerful thing. And it sounds so simple. Right, right. But you know, you were holding on to that bread because I love oh, bread yeah. too, but it does not <laughs> love me as much as, you know, I love it. And those little changes, this happened to me a few years back where um, I always had terrible allergies. And right now allergies are really going around right now. And I feel so terrible when I talk to clients and they're suffering from allergies. And I did too for many years, but I changed my diet. I started, um, I eliminated some things and then I started doing a lot of fresh, raw, green juices. I got the juicer, I started juicing and I don't have allergies anymore. They just, they went away on their own, but just from certain dietary changes, it's amazing. The, I mean, when I even think about allergies, I think I get PTSD because it's so awful. (laughs) Like it's just so awful. And I haven't had them now for years, but it was just a, a simple change in my diet of bringing in more you know, for me, it was raw juices that made such a huge impact. Yeah. It's, it's funny how a change like that can make such a big difference, yeah. you know? Um, and congratulations. Cause I used to have allergies too. And man, they, it's not fun. Did your allergies go away when you dropped the bread? Um, largely it did. They Isn't did that something. Yeah. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. This is part of our, we do a thrive in our goal achievers where every day you set um, like five things that you do every day. And part of one of our thrive items is make an improvement to your diet. Mm. And I think a lot of times people, when they go into this, they're not realizing the major benefits that it can have when you just focus on one little change, just make one change to your diet, one improvement in your diet, you know, every single day, you don't have to take everything away, but just one improvement. And even just you and I talking, I mean, we got rid of allergies and I've gotten rid of weight as well, back pain, so many things by just, you know, incorporating a little, little change, like a healthier diet can make such a big impact. I think we often underestimate the tiny changes. Yes. Right. Because you think, well, it's just a tiny tweak, but it can have a monumental effect, especially when it starts to compound. 
Yes. You know, over time. So yeah. And, and a, a little, a little, a little change. It's so easy to implement. Yeah. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be this great big thing. It's just these little things that we incorporate. And it makes so much of a difference and we can handle it because yeah. we're often so overwhelmed and so busy and so many things on our plate that when we try to make huge changes every day, it just always backfires on us. But those tiny changes, I think that's really, that's where the wins are and those little tiny mm -hmm. changes every day consistently over time. Yeah. And not overwhelming us with the big changes. Like I remember um, I got sick in 2003, collapsed, um, very nearly died. It was a, a incredible experience and not in a good way. Well, yeah. actually I grew from it. So it was a good thing. But I remember one of my early doctors, um, I had one doctor and he wanted me to revolutionize everything, like all the different ways I was eating. I mean, everything had, it had to be changed. And that's like, I was motivated, but it was like, how am I even going to do that? Like, how right. am I going to do the shopping for that? Right. And um, I found another doctor and she's like, that's overwhelming. And she said, what we really need to break down is what are the most important things, changes that you can make? And for me at that time, because what happened, it was um, adrenal collapse, you know, oh, which, wow. yeah, which is that's, there's adrenal fatigue, adrenal exhaustion, and then collapse. And the collapse is, it's really serious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had, I've had doctors tell me every doctor I've seen since then, it's like, I can't believe you're still alive. Wow. Um, it was amazing. And, and, and uh, one of the things that she told me is she's like, there are two things that you're doing that is continuing to dig this hole mm -hmm. <laughs> relative to my diet. Yeah. And she said, the first one is you're not eating any protein in the morning. Mm, okay. And, and she said, you have got to start having protein in the morning. And she worked with me like, what, what could that be? And the second thing was, she goes, you got to switch from coffee to tea. She goes, just until you, she goes, until you get out of this deficit situation. Cause what happens, I guess, is the coffee hits your adrenal glands first yeah. thing in the morning. And it, 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 it depletes them even more. And she's like, you're really hurting yourself. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, that's two things. I can change two things. Yeah. You know, so it if wasn't you overwhelming. Yeah. No. If you give me 20 things, it's like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> two I can handle. <laughs> oh man. That's huge. You know, it's so funny. And I know all you coffee lovers who are listening, my husband is a big coffee lover. I was blessed with the tea gene. So oh, I hate nice. coffee. I don't like the way it smells. I don't like the way it tastes. I never liked it. And it's worked out so well for me that I've always been a tea girl, but the more you read and learn about coffee, it does a lot of bad things. It's very harsh on your body. And I know the coffee lovers love their coffee, but I always am just like, oh, you know. <laughs> a good cup of tea is good too. Right, it's maybe not <laughs> quite as good for you as you think. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm so glad that you were able to make that switch, but it was two, two things. You could handle two, two. things. Yeah. Right. And, and if you're listening, you guys, you know, if you do have to make a major shift in your health or your diet or anything like that, I really want you to take that away that you don't have to do everything at once. You seriously can just do one or two tiny changes every day and build yourself up, build yourself up until, you know, you start to see those results. And then you could add a little bit more. It doesn't have to be everything all right now today. That's right. And, and, and if, we, if we backslide a little bit, we're not bad. It's just a backslide. Yeah. You know, um, and that's all it is. And it's funny when you were talking there, Jennifer, I was thinking about um, when, when I was recovering. And, and when I say I collapsed, what happened is I could no longer even raise, I couldn't even brush my own teeth. I couldn't <gasps> raise my forearm to brush my teeth. 
Wow. That's how bad it was. It was really profound. And I remember 18 months in, I found a doctor, the one I was telling you about, and, and we got to a point where I was fairly stable. And she said, okay, you can start going for walks again. My first walk was to the end of our driveway, which was like 20 wow. feet long. And oh I'd always goodness. been a runner. Like yeah. I, 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 before I got sick, I was running eight miles every other day. So to go for a 20, you know, that short of a walk, it didn't feel very satisfying, but, but I, I had to negotiate basically with myself. And I said, you know what, if every day, if I just go out for a walk, even if it's to the end of the driveway, that is a victory. And then on days when I'm feeling good, if I can add in five steps, yes, that's a victory. And now, I mean, that was back in 2000 and well, that was 2004 because it was 18 months in, um, you know, now I go cross country skiing. Nine, I, I was out 97 times. Um, I road cycle here in the Rocky mountains. I've been to mountain passes. So I'm a huge believer in taking a step, taking it consistently right. and being patient with yourself, you know, giving yourself that grace. If you're tired one day, you're tired. It doesn't mean you're bad. It means you're tired. Right. Rest. Right. So I'm a huge believer in what you're saying there. Oh, I love that. We call that win happy. That's our, our brand hashtag. And it really is about taking those small steps. Win today, just win today. Mm -hmm. And if you're tired, you're tired. I love that. Giving yourself that compassion, that empathy, that, you know what, today I'm tired, but even though I'm tired, I can still take those few steps and I just take them tired and that's okay too, you know, but keeping our win happy is really all about winning today, but then also being in that state of happiness and joy and not attaching that to something that needs to happen in the future. And just even like on those days when you were just, I walked to the driveway and, and back again and, and being okay with that's where I'm at today. And I'm okay with that win happy. Yeah, that's the win. And it is a win, you know? I like that too. I like that approach too, because then it's, you're experiencing it every day versus waiting until some big thing happens in the future. You know, that trap of I'll be happy when. Right. Not you know. falling into that. Yeah. That's huge. I love that. Yeah. It's a big trap. And so many people fall into that. And it's so easy because I think even for me growing up and, you know, learning different things and goal setting systems and it's just kind of the way we're taught. It's like, oh, well, you've got to go out and achieve. You've got to do these things so that you'll have, what is it? The pursuit of happiness. It's in our constitution, right? <laughs> well, doesn't that really just kind of mean that we're always chasing happiness? And that doesn't really sound very happy to me. No, because it exists in the moment. Right, you know, exactly. Like we, we have two puppies. Um, they're four, 14 months and, and 10 months. And um, there are these times in the morning when they're really calm and they want to cuddle. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Because I know it's going to happen pretty soon. They're oh, going to yeah. be like, whoa, let's go. But you know what? That's fun too. Yeah. I mean, it, both are good, but just really being present in those moments yeah. versus trying to make, the per, instead of trying to perfect the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. All right. So Bobby, share with us. Um, we've talked about a lot of different things, but let's start with a productivity tip. We talked okay. about tiny things, but is there another productivity tip that you love that has helped you so much or changed the way that you work? Yes. Um, it goes back to when I was sick because I was, I, I was a, an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and classic entrepreneur. You know, we, we think we can just do everything. Right. And every day I'd, I'd wake up and I'd have a long list of everything that needed to be done. And then I got sick. And it's like, yeah. so every day I changed it to, I'd wake up and I'd think, if I can only do one thing today, mm. what should that be? Mm -hmm. and, and not a should in a bad way, but really, if I can only do one thing and, and it made me so much more effective because all the other things that 
you know, maybe weren't as important, mm -hmm. they fell by the wayside. And those things that were the most important came to the top. And, and I still practice that today. Oh, I love that so much. For those of you listening, you're going to immediately go, oh, that's our A task. Exactly. <laughs> right. When we have to get clear on what our most important priority is for the day, we call that our A task. And I love that you shared that because it's just one of my most favorite things. And it really does bring you the clarity. So you're getting the right thing done. Not everything, but you're the right, right thing done each day. Because we can't get everything done anyway. Uh -uh. What's the, is it the David Allen? I think it's, if it's David Allen and I messed you up, I'm sorry. But you know, the quote, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I like so that. So good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bobby. Thank you so very much. One more thing I want to ask you, and then I want you to share with everybody where they can find you. Um, is there... One other piece of information that I didn't ask you that you're like, oh, I would really love to leave, leave that with your listeners. What would that be? Um, I kind of think it goes back to some of the stuff that we we're talking about earlier mm -hmm. in terms of, because when I'm coaching people, it's like we beat ourselves up yeah. over our mistakes or our perceived mistakes, or I should have been doing this or doing that or whatever. It's just a snapshot in time, mm -hmm. Right. It is just a snapshot in time. When we have the awareness that we want to do something um, different, that's actually a really good thing, right? Because it means that we're seeing a new opportunity for ourselves. So instead of framing it as a negative, frame it as a positive. Nice. I love that. You can reframe anything if you, you just can. try, just try a little bit. <laughs> you can. Sometimes it takes some work, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's so funny. One of our last podcast guests, he schooled me on the word try. He's like, there's no try, there's do. I'm like, oh, you're whipping out Yoda on me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was really good though. But um, I do think the try does still apply that if you need mm -hmm. to reframe something, you know, you're not going to get there if you don't at least make an attempt, like try to reframe it in a positive way. And I don't know, whenever I do this, like the shift will always just like open me up. I just feel yeah. light. I feel so much better. Um, we have this power to put things in a cast things in a bad light or cast them in a good light and might as well put our power to good use. Yep. Because yeah. what we tell ourselves is so incredibly important. Yeah, it really is. It's, yeah. it's everything. Mm -hmm. Cause we believe what we tell ourselves. Huh? We sure you do. Know, and we live into it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a, a quick tip you'd like to share as far as like changing your beliefs? Because it's true. We, we mm -hmm. are what we believe. And so is there a tip you'd like to share when it comes to like changing those beliefs about who you are? I, th I think the tip would be to challenge them, to, to make a note of them mm -hmm. and to challenge them. Mm -hmm. I had a coach say to me years ago, cause I was going, I was in my twenties and I was really running myself down. And she said, let me just interrupt you. Would you ever talk to a friend the way that you're talking to yourself? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. And she's like, then why are you doing that to yourself? And she goes, I want you for the next week jot down when you're doing that kind of self-talk, number one, notice it and then start to challenge it. And, mm -hmm. and I think the real trick is when you start to notice it, it's like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? What am I doing? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that would be that. that and I, st I still practice that to this day. Oh, I love that so much about bringing awareness around it. Mm -hmm. And once you're aware of it, then you get a choice. You can change it or not. And that's right. We want you to exercise your power of choice to change it for good. Because mm -hmm. awareness awareness brings that, that opportunity. Yeah, it really does. Mm -hmm. Oh, so wonderful. Bobby, thank you so much. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, 
through my website. That's a great place. It's just bobbykaler.com. And then I'm also, I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. So you can find me there as well. Oh, very nice. Bobby, thank you so much for being here with us today. And for everybody who's listening, if you'd like more help, you know that you can always find me on bestplannerever.com if you're looking for a better time management solution. And if you need a little coaching, you could always come visit me at jenniferjohncoaching.com. All right, you guys, I hope you got as much from today's episode as I did. Bobby, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Now get out there and go have a happy, productive day. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. Visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On the website, you'll find free resources along with the links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the personal lives of so many of Jennifer's clients. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.